Hello, my friends, and welcome to season three of the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply financial and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite cards, you name it, we talk about it all. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jess. So let's get started with collecting things that we love like damn adults. Here's today's episode. This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself. If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals, it will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello, hello, my friends, and welcome. Today, I have on a very special guest. I have on Ryan from OG Retro. If you haven't heard of him before, he's actually a uh, video game and Pokemon collector. And what I really love about the talk that we had is we got into more video game uh, collecting discussions because, uh, you know, that's something that, that I've been pretty interested in. I still haven't <laughs> dipped into that market and collecting those things at all. But hopefully I will maybe sometime in the future if I'm, you know, at some point a little bit more liquid and want to take in on a little bit of that risk. But anyways, it was really great to talk to him because he was able to uh, talk us through some vintage retro stuff, some Pokemon stuff, get to know more about his collecting, what kind of his process is. Um, so this was really fun. Uh, I definitely hope that you enjoy it. If you did, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. I'm here for the feedback. Anyways, let's get right into it. Welcome, Ryan. So they put it at the bottom. It's so good. I love it. It's, it's, <laughs> it's probably it's delicious. Oh yeah, I suggested if you haven't had it. Um, so absolutely. If and when you move. <laughs> <Something cool. laughs> but um, but yeah, you know. Anyways, I appreciate you know you being on today. I figured you'd be uh, a really awesome person to have on because I love your collection. Thank like, you. 
I, I don't know whether or not your Instagram does it justice, but because of the fact that never. you like video games, <laughs> yeah, right? You like the video games, you like Pokemon. I did also see that you collect some comic books, right? So so tell us about not your collection. Really. No? Okay, so yeah. Comic books, not so much. I have, uh, I like the Nintendo Power magazines. So like okay. some of the original Nintendo Power stuff, I'm really into. Not too many. I've never really been a big comic book guy. But in terms of my collection, uh, so I guess I've always been collecting pokemon cards right like i grew up on like jungle i'm for anyone listening i'm 25 so i'm kind of young but uh, i'm turning 26 this year but anyways i remember getting my first pack of pokemon cards jungle or base set i think it was jungle to be honest um when i was like five years old and then from that moment that was it that was it i was hooked on pokemon <laughs> had to get and with the cards like i had to get the games too i got a game boy color when i was a kid like those are the first handheld system I had mm -hmm. and my aunt, she got me Pokemon red and it was, that was it again, hooked. Like, <laughs> and the, it, it yeah. coincided perfectly the cards and the, and the game. And so since then, I mean, I, I collected Pokemon cards heavily as a kid, just remember trading and stuff and all like, I never played the TCG as a kid. Uh -huh. Um, interestingly enough, like this is just another aspect. I got into magic, the gathering when I was, uh, I was probably like in like second grade. So I was, like 10 or i don't know how old you are in second grade but <laughs> however old you are however i was pretty young and so i played that and i thought that tcg was like so much cooler uh -huh. than pokemon but i loved playing the pokemon video games yeah. so yeah so i don't know but that's There's where my collection more... comes from <laughs> yeah yeah do you still have your magic cards sucks so there's so many so many things i wish i kept from when i was a kid i had such an incredible magic the gathering collection which i sold for a lot of money no. at the time like uh -huh. my i was i was really excited and i was like whoa and that honestly could have been a really like good mental mindset important moment it, like it sounds cheesy saying it but like I, like now i look at pokemon cards and stuff as you know an investment stuff it really has like crazy monetary value monetary value a lot of it which is just insane to me but i think that first time where i sold my magic cards for like four figures i was like whoa like this <laughs> yeah. these cardboard you know this cardboard can be worth a lot of money and not only did i like get so much enjoyment out of it but it felt like it was like worthwhile in a way so mm -hmm. I, I i think that like showed me the potential of it almost and i was i was like young i think i sold them I know exactly when I sold them. Actually, I sold them right before I became a, right before I was a freshman in high school. So like, right before it was not cool oh, to do that so kind of young. shit anymore. Yeah, I was young, <laughs> and if I had waited just even five years, it, they probably would have been worth you know five x. Like those cards now are just. What did you insane. have? Did you have like alpha beta set? I had a bit of. I had no like of the power stuff. None of the crazy like alpha beta stuff. But like, I definitely had old cards and like a lot mm. like i mean i remember selling my rare binder which was just like uh, just insane like <laughs> I, I don't even want to talk about it but <laughs> I, since then i've gotten back into magic like a couple of times and now uh -huh. I've, I've not sold any of the physical cards i bought since selling those so i i have a couple of decks that i still like will play sometimes if i if i meet someone that likes to play and like it's like a very it's it never, I never planned to play magic. You know, it's always like, 
oh, you you play? Like next time we get together, let's let's get a game or something. Oh, so that's awesome. That's, yeah, I like it. I like it because of that. And I still play the the online. I'll hop on Magic the Gathering Arena yeah. and hop mm-hmm. and play that. Uh, yeah. Because it's super easy to get some games in. I like seeing the new card sets. It's easy to see like what they're doing in the game. So I don't have to spend that much money, honestly, because I, I spend God, too much I money know. on other stuff. So <laughs> Well, did did your uh original Pokemon collection survive also, as well? Also no. no. Also, and that one's a sadder story. I didn't even benefit from this in oh. any way, except maybe a hard lesson, I guess. Uh mm-hmm. I unfortunately we were moving. Uh, and this was in second grade, same time. Maybe I picked up magic because of this. I didn't even think of this, but we were moving and I had like an idiot. I mean, this, maybe I deserve to lose my Pokemon cards. <laughs> I stored them. I had like nice cards and I stored them maybe in sleeves, maybe not in sleeves, but in like a gallon Ziploc bag. And oh, I thought, no. yeah, 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 that was, I don't know. And I, uh, <laughs> There were definitely some that I probably thought were like really special and I kept them separate, but most mm-hmm. of my cards were in a gallon Ziploc pack <laughs> in Aww. whatever form of fashion. It was cute. It was like a cute kid thing, but then they got, <laughs> they, they were lost during a move or stolen during a move and I lost all my cards and I have one, I have one, it was devastating, but I have one card that survived uh, somehow and I don't know how, but it's a shadowless chancy uh, hollow from base set and it's, it survived like i remember it surviving through the family junk drawer and like it was in the junk drawer forever <laughs> like it was in the junk drawer of our childhood oh home gosh. forever and i always just saw it and i was like oh like that's cool this is a pokemon card they're just chilling or whatever <laughs> and that's like when i wasn't that and i was like going through high school and then i went to what you know these like phases of my life where you're not that into it and then like we moved out of that house and i i was like i have to take this i can't take i can't yeah. let this this is like part of my childhood i'm definitely keeping it and now yeah. it's like it's in my base set binder. Like that is the that's the you know, I have that set complete now because I'm a nerd and everything, but it's it, that is like easily one of my favorite cards in the collection because it's it survives somehow. And the chancy, like a chancy is like known for its survival. <laughs> it's like it, it it took a rest, it got some sleepy eggs or whatever that move is called, annoying move is called when you play it in the video game. It just <laughs> yeah. Never dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh man! So then, what do you think it would grade? If if you ever decided um, to get it graded, if I decided, I couldn't see it getting higher than like a three or a four. Oh, <laughs> it was raw and unsleeved <laughs> in a junk drawer. It's, yeah, it's gonna it's take a, a beat. pretty card. Like it's also in a binder. Yeah, <laughs> but I couldn't see uh, a reach five. Like, and I I should make maybe I will grade it eventually. That'd be cool. And I feel like I say that every time, and then I just forget when I send in subs and because it's in the binder because it's in the binder right. and it doesn't like but yeah it's a it's you, a cool card you know uh, no that that's a that's a card with a great story behind it so you gotta you gotta love those cards and those are probably some of the more precious ones i would say you know the ones 100%. that have a really cool story i mean would yeah. you say that's your like most beloved card i would say it's definitely like it's gotta be like top three or top five maybe like there's a there's a couple other ones like I've last year on my birthday, I was streaming and I got a, I was streaming Champions Path opening and I pulled the Charizard, and Hell that yeah. that was a fun, that card means a lot because it was like one of the first live card openings I was doing. It was on my birthday. It was super hype. It was like 
maybe a couple days after Champions Path release too. So like it wasn't overplayed yet. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't a set that's been just yeah. absolutely open into oblivion. Uh-huh. So opening that on my birthday, I got created a 9.5 at BGS, which is cool. Oh, oh so we're, okay. we're hyped on that. Um that, that is awesome. Yeah. And I, I pulled like three of those rainbow Charizards and Dude, sold, what the hell? <laughs> sold two of them. I sold, I pulled one the first day the set came out, sold it the same day because you got to take advantage of that. Uh, <laughs> those early, early sales when sets release, people paying crazy premiums on release day. It's a little silly if you ask me, but oh, I yeah. guess it is what it is. Especially know? with modern and how many there are, even though it's really tough pull rates, don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, it's insane. You've got some hot hands like Connor. Sheesh. He's always pulling heat. Always pulling like. stuff. It's wild. <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting because I've I've felt that way a lot with modern recently. Like how it doesn't really make sense. Uh, you know, how how much it's printed and what people are paying. But mm -hmm. I feel like they're starting to adjust with the with the most recent set, Chilling Rain, and seeing some of the pull rates that are coming out about it. I feel as though they're starting to adjust and trying to find the balance between like the the amount they're printing it, the supply, and like the the uh, the actual amount of like awesome special cards pulled, uh -huh. and which is cool. Like I'm all about that. Like people are really complaining. I think about how hard it is to pull some of these cards, but like make cards hard to pull again. Like. I think it's a good transition from like the, the Champions Path Charizard. It's like that card was I pulled three of them, and yeah. every so did everybody else. There's like ten thousand PSA tens already. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally looking at it right now. The full art uh, Charizard V is fifty. Yeah. There's fifty three hundred, and then for yeah, the, the Rainbow, Remax, yeah, yeah, it's fifty seven hundred. And I'm wow. like, <laughs> it yeah. kind of reminds me of the NBA uh yeah. nba cards like like i don't know if it's hype and people feeling fomo and mm -hmm. there's just they don't realize the supply and that they you know and that demand is is like i don't feel like demand is really i don't know i don't know it kind of makes me feel like I, I don't actually know the demand out there like the for nba know. cards well just i guess for modern in general because mm. like because NBA, there's so much supply. How is there that much demand, you know, meeting that crazy supply? And I kind of think of the same thing similarly with modern. Yeah. Uh, with some of the chase cards, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I was talking like, I don't think we'll ever or it's going to take a really. No, you know what? I might double down. I don't think we'll ever see the prices on the modern PSA 10 Charizards, like the VMAX or the Rainbow. I don't think we're going to see them like really break above what yeah this is this this is the ceiling at this point and it's only going to drop lower like mm -hmm. i don't i don't see the demand ever catching up to the supply because mm -hmm. think about like like the base unlimited charizard i don't even think that that unlimited card i don't think that even has the demand mm -hmm. there's going to be i'm because uh, i'm i'm watching ebay auctions kind of closely now of that card because i'm just curious and the they're not able to sell like those cards just don't sell yeah, well now they sit. which is just they sit they sit they sit so I, you can see the demand for that card was super popular and it popped and it's gonna have a, maybe a couple more pops but uh, i don't think i just don't see it uh especially yeah. for modern i don't see it ha lasting yeah yeah I, I can definitely get with you i think that maybe maybe 
a few mm. decades from now, we might see a resurgence, you know, because yeah. like the kids growing up and having income, you know. And that's what I'm thinking. That that's business. how it happened. But to what extent are yeah. it's like, yeah. is it 10,000 like, kids? Are 10,000 kids going to want PSA 10 Charizards in 20 years? I, maybe. Maybe, but I don't, you know. But it sounds crazy. It, it really does. And the other thing, too, with the Charizard, and I was literally, so I was talking to Charlie. I don't know if you know him, Charlie, he, he runs an account called Dulce Pokemon, um, okay. on IG and he's got a, a really awesome collection. Um, he wouldn't call himself a whale, but to me he is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, we, we were talking about it we were talking about, you know, how Pikachu is definitely super popular. Like it's the face, Pikachu is the face of a brand and then Charizard. And we were kind of comparing, you know, if we had to choose between buying a Charizard versus buying a Pikachu you know, where will we put our money? And we were kind of thinking that, okay, well, we'd probably put our money in a Pikachu because the Charizard 100%. is the flex card, you know, yeah. that's the flex, but the Pikachu is like, everyone really loves Pikachu. Like you, I how can so you too. not love the cute one? You know? Yeah. I think so too. For. Yeah. The, however, <laughs> however, there are a lot more, you have to pick the right Pikachu. There are a lot more common True. Pikachus as well. Like, there's so many good rare Pikachu because I'm like a Pikachu and a Charizard collector. That's like definitely Hell yeah. the, nice. the predominant <laughs> amount of my slabs are either of those two for uh -huh. sure. So for me, it's both of them. Like the answer to that question is for sure both of them. But <sighs> they're like the LeBron and the Jordan, you know, 100%. Of Pokemon. 100%. So it yeah. doesn't hurt. It doesn't it hurt. Doesn't but you're hurt. right. You do have to be careful with the Pikachu because there's a ton yeah. of just i think for instance the first edition you know base pikachu that was crazy high for a while and now mm -hmm. uh, it's a common card it's there's gonna be a lot of them out there you know yeah. it's impossible oh but, yeah absolutely and and you know uh, one of the things that charlie and i were talking about as well is the retrace that we're seeing yeah. and it and it mostly seems that it's only hitting base set and some of it you know the retrace is kind of justified honestly because oh, some of that was yeah. just you know, just a little bit overpriced, especially for the unlimited cards. Like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, I like I, I have some unlimited cards, like I have some unlimited hollows, but the prices that some of these cards are getting, I'm just like even graded. It just seems way too much. You know, yeah. people, maybe people, you know, who knows? Maybe the market wasn't as educated and they just, you know, went out and got it because they had the money for it, which, you know, is fine. It is what it is. You know, hopefully, I hope people do a little bit of their research. Sometimes I'm guilty of that where I buy something. <laughs> yeah, me you too. Know? 100%. I I think you're right in saying that people might have, it was a lot of impulse buying. Uh, we were, people were bored during a pandemic. People, there, it, there was, it was like a perfect storm for this to happen, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and no market can can sustain that type of like perfect storm um for forever it had to end so yeah. i think we're seeing yeah. we're seeing the end of the perfect storm the storm and um it's nothing to be uh i don't think it's anything to be alarmed of like it's normal and it's good it'll allow a lot more people to enter the hobby that actually want to be here you know mm -hmm. like who aren't just mm -hmm. in it for like the quick flip i think people who've like saw seen the hype and have like gotten interested in it the last year but just haven't been able to be a part of it can finally like buy the cards they want to buy which is cool that makes me yeah happy. yeah this is definitely a buying time right now um yeah. de definitely a buying time and i mean you know these things 
like like what you were saying, it's healthy for the market to, you know, go through these ebbs and flows and and you know, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But I think a lot of people are gonna still, you know, enjoy the hobby. And if they, you know, and if and if they're coming back to the hobby because, you know, they left it for a while and then as adults now they have, you know, a little bit extra income to spend on luxury goods, you know, this is yeah. this would be a, a great time to do that. And so I'm hoping that we have more people in the hobby that stay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, when it comes to Pokemon content compared to, you know, even six months ago, maybe, maybe seven months or eight months, you know, the, there's not as much Pokemon content out there. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that, but, you know, not as many people are doing openings like compared. So it's kind of going through a lull. Like, you know, there was a wave and people wrote it and it's all good. Um, but, but, you know, now, now we're getting into the more, it seems like more of the quiet phase. And so, We'll, we'll probably see a resurgence at some point and we'll be here. <laughs> exactly. We'll still be I'm, here. I'm interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how much the, like the 25th anniversary fall sets kind of do, if there'll mm -hmm. be another like quick pop or what we'll see. But uh, like you said, we'll be here and I'm still like actively kind of buying and trying to grab cards that I think are going to like good deals and just stuff I wanted to add to collection. Like while I, while I can do that while planning a wedding and also <laughs> trying to buy a house. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, you, so. you might have cards you can, you know, sell for a down payment, you know? Exactly. Oh, Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> Honestly, there's that, some. That, that, that'd probably be the only reason I would sell cards. Yeah. Like sell PC is for that. that that's probably like the serious, only reason. Yeah, serious purchase like that. I agree. There's, yeah. And I'm waiting. So I have, um, I have a, uh, the entire Reverse Hollow Legendary Collection set at Beckett right now. So oh, 100, yeah. 109 cards at Holy BGS. Oh, well, the Charizard wow. I already have, and the Pikachu I actually already have graded, but the rest of the set is there, which is insane. So um, is that the only thing you have that you're waiting on right now? No, I have, have, I have like, I probably, I have nothing at PSA at this point, but I have another, I think, like 20 cards sub at Beckett separate from the legendary collection. So like mm. just like different yeah. cards. Uh, and I think that's it. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have it. Sometimes I'll have stuff at CGC too, but nothing there. Yeah. Just Beckett right now. Just waiting okay. on, and it's kind of a black hole, but uh, it, it'll be okay. <laughs> I, like, so I'm wait, we were talking about down payment and like the legendary collection is something I'd consider piecing out like pieces of it. Like, cause each of those cards is like, they're expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> And I, it's one of the things I, I like padding. Like I don't, bra I try to humble brag, but I don't like bragging often, but that is the one thing I, that was such a good investment, pl investment play in terms of Pokemon. Like I bought that a couple months before the pandemic kind of took off. Ooh. So, so like maybe like early, early 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, and for just way too cheap, like way too cheap. And <laughs> and the cards are near mint. Every single card near mint. Sleeve top loader, perfect. The guy was like super collector. Um, and so I had to I had to send him in for grade. I sent him in bulk, whatever. So now it's just a waiting game. But that's something I would keep a ton of those cards and just kind of piece out little bits here and there because they're just it's worth too much like <laughs> right simply put it's worth too much especially graded it's, it's 
not many people there aren't many complete sets graded i don't even think like i uh, maybe three or something maybe i think three. i was looking at, i was looking at the pop report just seeing like there's some like only pop three or so you just look for the card with the lowest pop and that's that's the only that's the only that's the most amount of possible complete sets is the lowest pop card in the legendary collection in the yeah that yeah. that that makes sense yeah um so i have i don't have much from the legendary collection i don't think i definitely don't have any of the reverse foils but um so i don't have any experience with it but is it similar to like the chancy and the clefairy in the base set where it's just you know very easy to scratch it kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, southern islands too 100 southern island oh my god like I might be I have I have three sets right now with CGC mm -hmm. two English one Japanese and I'm I'll be lucky if maybe I'll get like something near mint you know for yeah. for like the CGC new. is tough too yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. I love those sets yeah. though gorgeous cards I Connor loves those sets too Rock, <laughs> Pokemon. yeah yeah fan. we're waiting on the reboot conversations <laughs> because <laughs> Yeah, he's he's great. He's he's definitely great. He's taught me a lot about like collecting from a financial perspective. Yeah, um, he's a smart so guy. he's been yeah, seriously, seriously. And and like and we've had a lot of conversations about the Southern Islands too, because um I think he's got both now at least one Japanese and at least one English. But for a long time he was having <laughs> he was having trouble like closing deals uh for some of the Southern Island sets. I know like god i don't know like deals canceled and shit stupid shit on ebay but but i think he finally has his sets but yeah god, it's, it's crazy it's it's probably like my favorite set okay a, because it's easy to complete not gonna lie yeah and like yeah, that was attainable nice. for me but mm -hmm. those are great i love the art on those those are so cool oh, i don't know fantastic it's so cute i, I mean is agree. it is it technically considered a promo set or like an actual actual set is it considered no, a promo i think it's considered a promo set it's a southern islands promo okay. set they released it i don't know when it, it was between the jungle and the fossil sets i believe i could be wrong sometime in that era uh -huh. um, but it was released as a promo and um, yeah beautiful cards i love i love the art oh yeah oh yeah have you seen what the uh what the sealed english was at least trying to go for like eight ten months ago like sealed english for that was hmm. trying to go like eight eight what four thousand it was listed at whoa, four thousand for a while yeah i sold yeah. a couple of complete english sets for not sealed but i sold uh -huh. a couple uh like near mint sets and a light place i think i got maybe four six hundred something like that does that oh, sound really? accurate I don't know. I think it was yeah. something like that for a complete yeah, I, set and kind of the kind of the middle of the hype. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good price uh, price range that you got them because I think I probably spent no more than four fifty on mm. on uh, each English set that I got. So so I was paying a little bit lower, but I mean, shit, yeah. you know, whatever you can get, uh, you know, squeeze out. Yeah. whatever you can but I but i know i i know like so i was looking at this was a long time ago this is last year but the psa 10 merrill and mew they were on ebay and and the dude was trying to sell them for like ten thousand plus each 
like these cards and i'm like are you serious dude out <laughs> like, of mine yeah uh so so i i hit him i hit up the seller on ebay and i was trying to talk to him to see if like he could you know like what would he offer me if i you know was trying to get the whole set right right his yeah. whole entire psa southern islands and he said you know he couldn't even calculate it he couldn't even do it he couldn't even give me a number and i'm like what <laughs> that doesn't make sense dude That's i'm gonna lame. i'm gonna go yeah. now <laughs> yeah. i know i know he i know exactly exactly so so but but what i like what's i like that like with your collection because not only do you have pokemon cards and that cool stuff like that but you also have some video games and specifically you have graded video games too yeah i got um, a couple of those yeah um, when did you start when did you start getting into all that side of collecting hmm so i guess I, the graded video games came just i feel like it was a natural progression right so i started getting into just like physical collecting kind of my childhood retro video games uh mm -hmm. like getting that stuff back i had as a kid maybe like three four years ago now i think i st i think no i started og retro it's gonna be like the three-year anniversary in august so it's still only two point something years old which is pretty cool um dude and it's and, I, and it's big it's thank huge you. it's yeah. it's uh we're having fun with it we're having mm -hmm. fun with it and so i started then got into the retro collecting thing and i think I saw like graded video games kind of I think the first time I saw it maybe at a convention and I was like whoa mm -hmm. that's pretty cool like because it's just in my opinion a lot of people it's like a hot topic it's controversial I feel like people sometimes hate the idea of like graded video games encapsulating something that's meant to be played um but I don't know I see it as like if you have something that's sealed and I actually I agree with those people when they're talking about like games that aren't sealed. Like I don't really fully believe in grading a complete in box game. Like I think that is meant to be, it's like ready to be played. Like you should yeah. maybe preserving it is one thing and you can preserve it in other ways than like fully encapsulating in a box you can't take out. Mm -hmm. But anyway, sealed collecting is a little bit different. And I think that, like if you have something sealed, that's like a moment in time that, it's just captured that's it's just for me that's cool like knowing that this has not been tampered with or touched with since it came out of you know that factory box is is a pretty cool idea and so i think that's what got me into it i just like the idea of it and i think because i bought and sold great again i only have two in my collection right now because it's kind of a buying and selling uh you know niche as well there's a couple that mm -hmm. these two i'll never get rid of um and i'm adding another permanent one to the collection soon Ooh. yeah can, yeah, can, that, can you announce like yeah, yeah. it's already or, or do you want to keep it quiet no i've I, I don't know the grade yet but i've already kind of announced what it was it's god of war 2 on the playstation 2 oh yeah, yeah. oh so, man such a good one Classic. yeah black label uh first print sealed beautiful seal so it should be coming back from wada pretty soon and i expect a pretty high grade on that and that's that's another one of those games that like that was a defining moment of my childhood first rated m video game i ever had begged <laughs> my parents for me to get it like i remember the GameStop that i got it in it's closed mm -hmm. now which kind of sucks but 
like our it's so that game means a lot to me and getting it sealed that's like that memory in time right like it that game never changed it was it was like that when it first came out so like knowing that is cool and then it elevates it to like another tier of collectible when it's it like if you've ever held a graded game like it feels different like it's mm-hmm. it's archival it's like it's kind of you know it's like it's serious like it's not just a game anymore it's more like an art piece or you know something else and i think i i just like the idea of it i really like the idea of it so i got uh i have pokemon silver sealed graded which mm-hmm. is like that's that's the holy grail uh that was it <laughs> i mean that is the holy grail in the collections what i started i would say that's what i started og retro like if i had any int- intentions of ever getting anything like cool and that's probably it like sealed copy of silver like silver was the game for me in my childhood mm-hmm. so it, it just had my my collection is i'd say 90 percent based on nostalgia and what i enjoyed as a kid and yeah. like maybe 10 percent based on like cool stuff now or stuff i picked up along the way like maybe stuff i've gotten into now that i'm super deep into the retro gaming community super deep into pokemon that kind of stuff but most of it's just based on you know what i loved as a kid and so the sealed games the sealed graded games are all like that too i have pikmin uh which the community community a bunch of people that you know watch the claim sales that we do listen to the podcast that i do shout out cards and cartridges podcast shameless plug uh <laughs> but they uh they came together bought me a graded copy of pikmin or not a graded copy a sealed copy of pikmin which i then got graded so like that's yeah. a game that has multiple meanings like pikmin is the one of the first games that i ever beat i think it was the first game i ever beat and it was only with the help of my babysitter that i could beat it because it was so hard <laughs> but it was so yeah. hard for a kid to figure out how to save almar from certain death before you know time ran out and he was eaten alive by the pikmin monsters and so I, I just love that game. So that's another graded game I have. All the graded stuff I have is like, for the personal collection at least, is stuff that means, that's how I go. That's how I see graded stuff. It's like, I'm I'm archiving it. I'm protecting it forever. I don't want the condition of this to change because like it's this memory. If it's a, if it's a CIB games, and like I have plenty of CIB games that are in beautiful condition, and mm-hmm. plenty that would grade like super high, like my copy of Pokemon Emerald that's like perfect, like literally looks like it's been on. Yo, Peg City, what's going on? I just saw <laughs> the chat. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. I didn't know there was oh, a yeah, chat. Oh yeah, yeah. It just popped up. No, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. It's right there. Yeah. Cool. What's so, um, what was I saying? That distracted me. Oh, the yeah, the CIB copy of Emerald would grade high, but I just never would. I'll, I'll put that in a, a plastic case and. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can definitely understand your your feeling of like archiving a thing. I kind of feel that way about comic books, but I mm-hmm. feel like it's it's different still, even with video games, because this is a moment. And yeah. to your point, you know, that if you're looking at a sealed graded thing, like that is literally a moment in time, you know. What are the chances of that even existing now? Yeah, <laughs> like it's exactly. so low. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, so do you think, you know, I'm just I'm curious to know, do you think it's worth buying graded product like video games if they're not sealed? 
For me, no. But there's also so like that question. It does depend on a lot of things, and I could be. This is like I'm contradicting myself, like right here as we speak. But like for instance, the game, uh, stadium events, like super mm-hmm. rare Nintendo game on the nes and it's worth like i think it's like twenty five thousand dollars loose right like five figures loose um wow and i feel so, like like sports <laughs> games normally aren't like that i don't know yeah. anyways go ahead <laughs> yeah it's a very bizarre title um very low print run and nes collectors are savages um they'll they'll, they'll go to the ends of earth to get their hands on the rare carts so Mm-hmm. I understand some people grading loose carts like that from a financial perspective and almost an archival perspective because they're a, they're a bit more delicate and like it's plastics brittle. The PCB is old. Like it's a little bit different than a disc based game. Like, and the cartridge, like, or the, like a GBA box is, I guess that's cardboard. So that's frail too. Like, so I don't know, maybe I'm just, maybe, uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe people, <laughs> I just don't like, uh, it's not for me grading uh, not sealed stuff unless it's crazy high value where it kind of makes sense. Like that that's your excuse. It's crazy high value. That's why it's graded uh, and not played with because if it was played with, maybe it would get broken. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can definitely understand that perspective, you know, when you're looking at something that rare, <laughs> especially yeah. even, you know, just raw going for yeah. that much, you know, I can understand it from an archival perspective as well, because even for me, I sent out, you know, some cards to CGC uh, in April, April, May, and, you, you know, some of the cards that I sent out, I don't think that they'll necessarily grade high but i want to get them graded because at that point i'm just looking for the preservation of it you know at the very least it won't hopefully in theory you know be in worse condition when it comes back you know so so that i can at least keep it because that's the thing that i don't trust myself with i don't trust myself with keeping shit like I, i had I had David Person on. Uh, he's got an insane collection, and he doesn't grade anything. He's one of those guys mm-hmm. that doesn't. And I'm cool with that. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, how you collect is how you collect, right? So I don't judge that at all. But he is able to keep his cards in excellent conditions and binders. And I forgot to ask him how the hell he does it because, <laughs> shit, shit, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> like I, I had some modern Magic the Gathering cards in a binder. Yeah. Not even like a three-ring binder. It was in one of those nicer binders that you you take the cards out yeah. on the side. And I'm like, yeah, the these cards pros, are going to yeah. be good. Yeah, exactly. And and there's this one particular card that still got messed up on the sides. It was a pack fresh card. And, and you know, I, I, it could have been that I maybe moved it in and out of binders too much. You know, there, there could have been many reasons that I didn't notice until like at the it's end. So you know, but, but like, but to your point, I, I mean, I, I do think that it depends and it makes sense. Um, you know, it depends on the situation and, you know, what your goal is too, because, you know, if, if, if the point is to ROI, right, if you're yeah. only grading something to ROI, well, then obviously you want to only get the best shit graded. You know, it doesn't yeah. make sense to get anything, you know, not as much graded. But, but I mean, there's other motivations to getting something graded. 100%. So that, that completely makes sense. Um, is, is there like, so, so is there other than what you're waiting to get back from mm-hmm. WADA? 
from mm-hmm. from getting graded is are there any games that you're kind of keeping an eye out on like trying to trying to add to the collection yeah i would say i mean like i said wedding and house plans are gonna put a little bit of a buffer before i probably go <laughs> ahead with this but i sticking with kind of the nostalgia and stuff i would love to have from my childhood if i could get there's two games right at the top of my head i mean a sealed copy of pokemon red would be insane oh, yeah mm-hmm. that is going for crazy prices there was a point at which it was hitting like eighty thousand dollars or something like heritage auctions going insane during the hype of everything um yeah. so that one i don't know how realistic that one will be unless i find like a sealed copy in the wild and get it great myself which it's very possible i have before um mm-hmm. or and more realistically a copy of kingdom hearts 2 on the PlayStation 2, which is another childhood game that I absolutely loved. And that one I feel like is I can I can make that happen like tomorrow if yeah. I wanted, but I'll just I'll wait till the till it comes till the time. Until comes. a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, until a good deal. Yeah. But it's on the I, radar. I, that makes sense. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. Um so so you're willing to try to find something in the wild and then get it graded? um versus like like going do you prefer going that route first before actually getting something sealed because there's a little bit of a premium there already yeah yeah definitely i definitely prefer if i can like getting i mean ultimately what i prefer is like coming into it organically like Mm -hmm. there are a couple times i mean so i found a copy of like fire emblem path of radiance sealed one time (laughs) in a lot that was just insane like that was insane so like my cost basis for that was like i think like 30 or 40 dollars and i turned around graded it it got a 9.6 or something a plus plus seal like sold it for i think close to a thousand or at that time and nowadays it probably get 10k because graded games have really taken off since then but I, i i can't I don't regret anything. It's cool when that stuff happens. And I, I truthfully, hot take, I hate Fire Emblem games. I uh, <laughs> don't know why they're so expensive. I don't understand the appeal. <laughs> Shoot me is what it is. But uh, do you like Fire Emblem games? You know what? Honestly, I haven't played them. That's yeah. a that's a JRPG, right? Yeah. Well, it's a turn-based RPG, oh, turn-based okay. Japanese RPG strategy. Okay. Very, very strategy-based. Yeah. I don't have any yeah. strategy. I don't, I, I don't either. Um, I remember playing back in the day a, fi- a Final Fantasy demo. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't even like Final Fantasy VII. It was one mm-hmm. of the other ones. But it was like as a kid, it was too much for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think like that sentiment is kind of held on. Even yeah. though probably as an adult, I'd be fine. Like I love <laughs> RPG games, you know. Like yeah. one of my favorite games of all time is Mass Effect. And okay. that and that trilogy. So, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed that, but. Yeah, not not super into Fire Emblem, but I know that it's really big. It's got this weird, you know, kind of cult following. Huge following. Um, not, yeah, mm. yeah. So 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 I know I know that one's got a little bit of a cult following. But you know, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on this because I had on RJ, who is one of Connor's actual friends in real mm-hmm. life, who also does a lot of retro gaming collecting. And one of the things okay. that that one of the things that we had talked about is you know in the comic book world you you there's a saying by one to read one to keep right so you have your one that you're just going to let get messed up and then your other one that's going to kind of go into the collection you know if Mm -hmm. it's a key issue right and we kind of 
uh, we're thinking about that from a, a game perspective, you know, because, because vintage sealed games are obviously very rare and it makes sense because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot that goes against something being sealed. But I was thinking, you know, when it comes to the modern games, you know, because they're, you know, they're, they're, publishers are just going to, you know, push out however many games they can that they think will sell, right? So right. there's a ton of supply. But since now we're looking at generations of games where these might be the last physical copies of games that we'll get, you know, it, is it is the market going to react a little bit differently because of that, you know? Yeah. So, so like, will there potentially be a little bit more demand considering that these are going to be the last few gents that we'll actually see? I think so. I think, yeah, there's already talks, you know, there's not even there's already talks, but you already see like games that launches physical and digital. Sometimes they'll get delisted digitally. And then the only option to buy that game or play that game because the physical version, then you get a decrease of supply because that game's getting bought up leading to increase in price or you have uh kind of like the more natural effect i think it happened with uh xenoblade chronicles definitive edition where they did print you know what they thought was a lot but then the demand completely blew their expectations out of the water and xenoblade's now like a pretty expensive game on the secondary market even for a switch game which is crazy um and what else i think yeah i i think as as we see physical games start to go away you're gonna see even switch games become more valuable and we see 3ds games already 3ds is insane right now yeah which is something i didn't even really expect i didn't i didn't think it would be this quickly uh after the life cycle of 3ds that we'd see this stuff become like really collectible and a lot of it really valuable um and i think it has to do with yes i mean the 3ds shop eShop getting uh delisted and some of the games coming down from that and the only ways to play them is the physical stuff so mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and you know because it seems like with nintendo and nintendo games in general and that brand it seems to hold a little bit more in the secondary market you know just i mean when you compare like the zelda games um compare that to some nes games like i know when i was kind of uh, hunting for certain kinds of you know games kind of like early on in my process <laughs> to learn mm-hmm. things and i when i go to a secondhand store i would always just look at the games and i would see that the that the sports games for the most part at least there at the stores i was seeing trash just complete trash yeah. right um you know no one no one was really buying those no one was really really buying the atari you know games the old school old school ones yeah i mean i know i'm sure that there are some exceptions to that of course but but um you know thinking about that though it kind of made me think that ooh you know maybe i should grab a pokemon snap i don't mm. plan on playing that game it doesn't seem like a game that i'd find fun but maybe something to buy and you keep sealed yeah i mean the one thing too that that i've been trying to keep in mind of as well is there are more sealed collectors now in general <laughs> like ever, across yeah. the board so so you got to kind of keep you know expectations kind of low <laughs> right i you agree know? i don't think a lot of people think about that they're like they think of sealed product kind of being invincible in terms of value wise. And a lot, honestly, a lot of data backs that up. I'll be honest. like, in terms of what we've seen, there's not many boxes. I don't know if there are any 
boxes of Pokemon that if you have bought then and still have now sealed, I don't think there's any that haven't appreciated. So, mm-hmm. you know, sealed product is, is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I kind of feel like from, um, you know, if you wanted to buy the thing that was the safest to get, and, and it seems like this is the case across anything, across Magic or across Pokemon, you know, even with games, is sealed product. Like, complete sealed product um, just seems like to be the thing. So so now what I do is is I do try to just have more sealed product because, you know, it might, you know, I might not be able to, you know, it might not see good growth in five years. Like, that's not even what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like right. 10, 15, 20 years. 100%. Like this is, you know, it'll be kind of the annoying thing, the annoying box of shit that you have to bring with you when you move. Like, <laughs> it's just going to be <laughs> like that a. big, heavy like... box. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But it's a good box. It's just like, yeah. damn, every time you move, you know, you're just yeah. going to have to deal with it. But but it's okay. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, sealed seems to be the safest thing to buy. One of the things that is, you know, worrisome, um, you know, if you don't buy cards that you like, you run like single cards, especially like slab when you're spending hundreds of dollars. You know, I just feel you run such a big risk because those cards, you know, there might be some cards that don't have the chance of really growing in population over time. But like a sealed product is never going to be higher. Like you're never going to be able to recreate a sealed product. It's always going to go lower. I mean, you know, I know there are people in the market that have a ton of sealed vintage Pokemon, right? It's insane what they've got. So, you know, knowing that it's kind of hard to justify putting so much in a single card. I know some people still do, you know charizard for example <laughs> goes for so much but it's just so risky to put 500 plus to me oh, yeah. at least based on on what i've got and and where i'm at like yeah I, i'm with like you much. it's a it's a lot of money and i'm way more okay with spending that amount of money if we're talking 500 plus on sealed stuff mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah like there are like, not many cards i've spent over if any over 500 i have a couple worth that much but it's only Mm -hmm. because i've been smart about getting them or bought them a while ago and now they've been graded high and whatnot but yeah it's rare that i spend that kind of money on a single card but i've definitely spent that kind of money on sealed product Oh, for sure. For sure. I think it's definitely a little bit more justifiable. And then of course, you know, you got to pay a little bit more when you're, when you want to make sure that it's real, <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. like the legit 100%. sellers, you know, you got to spend a little bit more, but that, eh, you know, that's okay. Uh, it's in, worth it. in my opinion. So yeah. then, so then, okay. So you were collecting as a kid and then you got back to it as an adult. How many years have you been collecting recently? It's probably just like, three three and a half so since i kind of started og retro and that whole thing i've been collecting both video games and pokemon cards pretty much since then um Mm -hmm. yeah okay okay yeah yeah that 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 definitely makes sense i feel like you know that kind of age range within like the last several years and i mean gosh it was a great time too honestly to get back into collecting just because 
you know, cards are so cheap now. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that and like it was around Pokemon Go too. Pokemon Go came out like four years ago, four and a half, five years ago now. And that was huge. That that game brought like back at least some of the love I have for Pokemon. And then Let's Go came out on the Switch. And that game was a remake of Yellow and like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, so all of those things contributed to just the snowball effect of where we are today with the massive collection that, you know, I, I try to, you know, I really try to keep it quality over quantity still. Like I, I'm, I'm not so into like hoarding lots of stuff rather than just like collecting really cool good stuff yeah yeah for sure for sure do you like when it comes to you know the market and you know seeing what you see and what people are doing like do you think that there's you know any like bad things in the market that we need to watch out for that you see that's happening that's kind of like you know you're going to kind of stay away from hmm I don't know. I guess I think like we were saying before, like people just got to be educated. I think the only thing, the bad thing is like people going into it blind, you know, like Mm -hmm. I think I've seen a bit of that, like, and I think that's with anything. Like, I think this can go for literally anything you're about to put money into, right? Like unless you're some crazy billionaire and, you know, money just doesn't matter to you, you know, like the, the, you know, a million here, a million there, whatever. But like, if you actually care about money, I think it's important that you know that this hobby isn't isn't cheap, right? Like, no, definitely not. <laughs> Pokemon's not a cheap hobby. Gaming can be like, you can do it on a budget for sure. And a lot of my collection's been built very much so on a budget. Like I've done it in a very like thrifty way, I'd call it. Um, like buying large collections, reselling doubles, that kind of thing. Like, um, but I lost my train of thought, but yeah, I don't know. So (laughs) no, no, you're good. So do you think that, um, like box breaks, cause box breaks can be fun. Do you Mm -hmm. think of those as like someone buying into a box break as an investment? No, no. Mm Mm-hmm. No, like the only way I don't even think there's not many ways Pokemon can be an investment. Like it's pretty rare, I think, or they're not rare, but they're just like very few ways that it actually is. I think the Mm -hmm. sealed product thing, there are very legitimate like investments there, Mm -hmm. even for even modern sealed product. Almost it's like a like a penny stock compared to like a blue chip stock. There's like a like a fossil box. It's like that tried and true value there. It's has history of prices going up. We're like you know, these modern boxes have kind of crazy highs and then lows. Like the you know battle styles was selling for seventy, now selling for thirty five dollars at ETB. It's just like up and down. This kind of it's it's weird. It's like a, a volatile penny stock almost. And um, I think so. We were talking about box breaks, right? Yeah. And if they have, if there's any investment, yeah. So like investability, no, it's just, it's just, uh, I enjoy doing them. So I've definitely, I have box breaks on my channel on Twitch and, but it's always, I personally always try to charge like very fair prices. Like 
basically mm -hmm. what retail is like, you know, cost plus tax plus shipping or whatever, which will, yeah, it's basically retail. So it, it, it ends up really just being like, I do it for fun. Like I love opening Pokemon cards. And I think there are like, I'm not definitely not saying I'm the only one who does this for like with good intentions. There are a lot yeah. of like good, uh, good intention because it is fun. It is a way to like open cards as a community almost. Whereas like you could just open them by yourself like i guess in your room you it's could. kind of depressing but unless it, it's <laughs> it's exciting every now and then i like doing it every now and then because it reminds me of being a kid right but like i also i like i'll buy into box breaks myself because i think it's exciting and like it is like opening up packs with the community everybody's watching kind of thing and um so it's and not investment it's maybe it's an investment in your own entertainment like it's investment in uh -huh your happiness but it's not a monetary uh it shouldn't be a, especially in modern stuff like get out of here <laughs> yeah i know no i i definitely i i can definitely agree with you there especially you know considering some of the more expensive box breaks you know where your chance of pulling you know the gem mint special like chase card is so freaking low that you know you would have to pull that in order to make any kind of money back but yeah but but I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely with you on that. I, I feel like there are newer people out there that kind of um, you know. So sometimes box breaks can be overhyped. You know, I mean, honestly, I think it depends on the person who's doing them. But you know, I, like like to me, I, I think that they're fun. You know, if, if you know exactly what they are, which is yeah. like you're doing it for fun. You know, yeah. you're going in maybe like supporting. You know your box breaker like that that's fun right i've been trying to get on a ferraratron box break for forever but his shit always you know sells just like out sells out so yeah. damn quick so i'm like damn <laughs> <laughs> damn dude save me a spot i will i will buy it but um yeah. but no no i can definitely I, I can definitely agree with you like you do it for fun like it's entertainment you know exactly what it is it's not like a you know a chance to actually get that chase card i mean you could you could yeah you know, I kind of feel like if there is a specific card that you want, you're probably better off just buying it. Just buying it. <laughs> and that's what I've modern. realized. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I've learned even just opening modern. It's like, how many boxes do I actually like eat? If you don't hit it the first box, you're better off buying it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, exactly. <laughs> you've like, got one booster box to enjoy pulling. And then if you don't hit it there, just buy it. Right. You know? Exactly. I I'm with you on that. I was on... Um, uh, do you know that channel going twice or the the Instagram account going twice? Okay. Well, you know, long story short, they were trying to like calculate what it, how many boxes it took to get, I think it was champions path Charizard. Okay. I think that's what it was, the rainbow. And they, they were, you know, were watching other box breaks and they're like, okay, it looks like it takes going to take 10. Right. And it absolutely was not 10 for them. At least it was like easy 20. Now these guys, uh, you know, you know, they're, they're a real business. Like they know what they're doing. So even if they didn't hit, like it was still a good experience, but like, gosh, you know, I, I'm, I agree with you when you, when you say that, like chase cards should be hard to pull but damn yeah <laughs> but damn there are so many freaking cards there are so <laughs> they they print so much and i think um now chilling range yeah. 200 cards something 198 cards on the set oh for the entire set shit yeah. i don't even i haven't even looked at the new set lists I don't really, I don't really buy much modern, so I don't really keep up with it too much. I need to get EV heroes though. 
I really oh, like awesome. Evie. I need to get you. You've uh, cracked open some. Oh yeah, yeah. I've opened two booster boxes so far. I have a third, and I think I'll probably grab maybe one or two more because that's a set that I was just talking about not opening cards, but like I I love opening that set. There's so many cards that I would want that I don't mind like just opening it, and that's that's again just like not financially. So yeah, like no finance. Uh, no economics thought of when I'm going into that. Just right. for fun. You know, I, I know that you don't really have Magic the Gathering anymore, uh, Magic yeah. the Gathering cards, but ha have you been buying any of the Strixhaven boxes? Uh, I bought, I have one booster box and I have, I think like two collector's boxes or something like that. Wow, okay. Just okay. because... Yeah, I heard it was going to be really cool. <laughs> like I kind of I kind of just followed that one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I no, so I played the I played the set on MTG Arena and it's cool. It's super powerful. Uh -huh. Very very strong set and it was really cool and I enjoyed playing the cards. I was like, "Yeah." Like and it was a really hyped uh like the art styles were beautiful. I opened one or two packs. Um super beautiful cards, so I just thought they were cool. So I figured, yeah. Um grab a couple cuz like the Pokemon boxes behind. I have like a bunch of sealed modern Pokemon boxes. I just buy add to, uh, like you said, just, I think it's just good to have, like, I'm, it's not anything like I'm looking at selling tomorrow or a year or two years, like mm -hmm. it's five, 10, 20. It kind of is what it is. It's just a cool part of cool. Another part of the collection that is good stored value and also is appreciating a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really don't think that you can go wrong, honestly, with that. Um, have you, with the Strixhaven, one of the reasons why I wanted to get them was because of those Japanese alt arts. I have yeah. a few actual boxes. They're not they're not booster boxes because I wasn't able to, like, actually get those. I only had access to, you know, the $40 ones at Target <laughs> or whatever. Insane, um, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's been really tough for me to, to find them, but um those japanese alt cards look so cool like have you pulled any yet yeah i the i think i pulled the there's this two drop white card that i pulled i forget what I, it's not a good one it's like a, i pulled two uncommons basically nothing crazy okay. um but just beautiful cards just the mm -hmm. alternate art so maybe it's not i don't know if i got i think it was an alternate art but anyways those japanese alternate arts are insane they're crazy. Yeah, seriously. They 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 are so awesome. I watched a few. I don't know if you watch uh Rudy from Alpha yeah, Investments. Yeah, Alpha Investments. I've been watching yeah. Rudy for years and that's a it's another <laughs> like before I was even collecting. Like so he mm -hmm. again is like another one of those things that probably got me into it was watching his videos like uh Oh, I, I got, I'm the same way. Like he got me into collecting Magic the Gathering. Like, I don't really know how to play it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have like a childhood with magic, but they're still cards. So I like them. Right. I like them. And then, and then like, also I like opening boxes. So I was opening like a whole bunch of, um, core 2019, oh, yeah. like a few years ago, which was, it was really fun. And it was really nice. Um, but, but yeah, he, he was the first one for me, put that seed in my head where it's like, these things can be investable. You oh, know, absolutely. you can, you can approach it from that way. And I was like, what? So no, but he's, he's been really good to, to listen to. I'm, I'm actually a part of his Patreon. So I do get Super some stuff. Cool. Yeah. But, but even his like shit, his Strixhaven when he had it, 
for sale. It went so fast. Yeah, I completely missed quick. it. Yeah. 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 But, um, but he, he recently too started selling the chilling rain yeah. um, boxes, which I haven't bought any yet. I think I saw them on your IG. Um, yeah. How do you like the set so far? Have you opened any of them yet? Yeah, I opened two elite trainer boxes and four just sleeve booster packs. So not so total of like total of 20 packs. Okay. So not okay. too many, but enough to get a taste of it. And I like it. Like these are a lot of the same cards that we saw in uh or these same cards we saw in the Japanese sets, uh Matches Fighters and Black Poltergeist and Silver Lands. So there's it's like three Japanese sets combined into one English set. So like I said, 200 cards in the set, which is kind of wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But there's some really beautiful. Like with that being said, there's a lot of really beautiful cards. So it's it's that it's Galarian. Fun to open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So so are there any special like uh, chase cards that you that you're going after or? Or I no. want that that Moltres, the the Galarian Moltres, is mm. unbelievable. The alternate art is so cool. So that oh, one, wow. maybe the maybe the Rainbow Celebi too. That card's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can agree. I haven't seen any of the cards up close, but just looking at the pictures right now, the art definitely looks pretty awesome. Do you have Do you have any from the Japanese version? I I know I remember seeing those. Ooh, yeah, months ago maybe pop up on yeah. IG. Yeah, I have. Uh, I think I have the Celebi from the Japanese uh, Silver Lance. Yeah, Silver Lance set, or maybe it's Black Poltergeist. Black Poltergeist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I love the Japanese cards, but I, mm -hmm. I like opening both. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference, uh, English versus Japanese? No, I, I think it is like pretty fifty-fifty. Like, I really, I really appreciate both. I think. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of uh like the vintage Japanese cards? Like the Top Sun, um a card ass Bande? None of though none of the vintage vintage ones like that. Like I have vintage Japanese base and vintage Japanese um uh, Southern Island stuff and stuff like that, but nothing that far back. Nothing as far back as like the Top Sun oh, okay. stuff. Yeah. That yeah. stuff's cool though. Mm -hmm. It is very cool. But yeah. yeah yeah um i mean i i agree with you it's definitely it's definitely awesome stuff and it was some of the first stuff too um i know i've been getting into the vending series like all of okay. them like all yeah. like all of those series i don't know if you have any of those but like going back to what we were talking about you know buying pikachus like i've been trying to buy pikachus from those sets because cool. the artwork is cool but um you know like like when it comes to the pikachu card it's it's kind of nice to have those nice rarer ones but um well you know anyways i i just noticed it's about well eight o'clock my time 805 my oh, time yeah. 905 your time so yeah i, I want to be respectful of your time because you know i don't want to keep you on super long so if you want to you know let everyone know where they can find you and i'll put links when this oh, is uh yeah. posted yeah That'd be awesome. That, well, number one, thank you so much for having me tonight. It's been a it's been a really good conversation. A lot of good stuff talked about. Thank you. Yeah. Um, y'all can find me at OG Retro on everything. So it's a zero, but zero G Retro on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitch.tv slash OG Retro, 
and my friend Koozie and I, Koozie Retro Games, run the Cards and Cartridges podcast. That's on Instagram, everywhere podcasts are, YouTube, Instagram, Google Play, um, all of those things, Apple Podcasts, the th- all of the podcast things. So uh, okay. yeah, check us out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll put links to all of that uh, for sure so that everyone uh, who has that message should definitely listen. But um, yeah, anyways, well, I-, I appreciate you coming on. Shoot. Um, yeah. This has been really great. So I guess, um, you know, I hope you have a great evening and, and when you have this uh, posted, I'll-, I'll let you know. So. Yeah, likewise, thank you so much. Thank you.